Hello everybody, I'm Lulu. And I'm Kasia. And today we are going to be discussing the most infamous assassination of the 20th century, possibly in all of history, Mm -hmm. the death of President John F. Kennedy. Apparently at the hands of a man called Harvey Lee Oswald, although that is what we will be debating today. There are many conspiracies surrounding the realities of JFK's death. Um, In fact, it was a poll done recently by Time magazine displayed that around 70% of Americans believe that it was not just a one-man job. Mm. And is that a big change from the polls taken closer to his death? Yes, indeed it is. I think um, it was around 30% of Americans believed in the conspiracy. And over time, time, it has grown inexplicably and exponentially as people have done further research of their own and further investigations on how realistic it was that Oswald really killed JFK. What's your opinion on it? Um, I mean, I, um, I mean, when I first heard of JFK's assassination, I was very young and I was told it was Lee Harvey Oswald. So I just sort of went with it. But as you read more articles, as you hear more news reports over time, a lot of ev- holes in the evidence and a lot of holes in the one man story start to emerge, mm. um, particularly in the investigation by the Warren Commission, the commission put together mm. by um, President Johnson to look into the assassination. Um, for me, there's just too much stuff going on that is either too circumstantial or definitely not related to Lee Harvey Oswald anyway to make me think that this was the work of one man. Mm. Um, so, what do you, so Lee Harvey Oswald, I mean, let's explore the one-man theory just for now. Yeah, just who he was as a person. Yeah. Because I find what you've concluded from your kind of research and experience quite interesting. From what I've done a bit of a deep dive into Oswald as a person and his biography, to me, it's become more and more realistic that it would have been him just looking into his psychology. Mm. Um, so that's something I just want to discuss a little bit now about like who he was, how he grew up. So he was born in New Orleans on the 18th of October 1939. His father, Robert Oswald, died just two months after he was born. At the age of three, his mother sent him to live in Bethlehem Children's Home. Um, and he later backed him with his mum when he was a bit older. So if we just leave that there for now. What that shows is, in very early stages, quite a traumatic experience in his very formative years where his mind is developing. Mm. And we see this leak into sort of later stages as a teenager. He ends up having a lot of learning difficulties, um, despite being very intelligent and an avid reader, especially of communist literature. He really struggles with writing and spelling. Mm. He really struggles with making personal connections with people. Uh, A psychiatrist who I'll address later you know, describes him as living in a complete daydream all of his life, kind of escaping from his reality. And I think a lot of that can be seen from his earliest experiences as a child, which are arguably quite traumatic and detached and not very protected as an individual, which, you know, if he were to grow up to be such a uh, complicated and uh, sort of man who is capable of assassinating a president, you see the Easter eggs of it very early on. Hmm. I mean, so when he was 12 years old, for example, um, him and his mother went to New York where they lived with Oswald's half brother, uh, one of his mum's kids from a different marriage. Uh, They were late very soon after asked to leave after an argument where Oswald allegedly struck his mother and threatened his half brother's wife with a pocket knife. 
Um, after that, he was put in a juvenile detention centre for truancy and other aspects of violence. But he was assessed by a psychiatrist. And these kind of the work of these psychiatrists is what of a lot of historians have now done deep dives into to try and explain the kind of character he turned into. Mm. So he was generally described as quite emotionally disturbed, naturally due to a lack of a stable family life. Um, there was a doctor called Dr. Renatus Hartox, who described Oswald as, as I heard earlier, immersed in a vivid fantasy life, turning around the topics of omnipotence and power through which Oswald tries to compensate for his present shortcomings and frustrations. Um, there's a lot of work also done on the relationship between Oswald and his mother. It seemed There seems to be a conclusion that his mother was very detached and absent and viewed him more as a burden than as one of her own sources of pride and joy, like, you know, parents often use their kids. And we can see this through history, actually, where a lot of people who have had this relationship with their parents where their parents had perceived them more as a burden grow up to be having these kind of more uh, unconventional and attention-seeking personalities um and what we can see through this process of psychiatric evaluation is that he was described as unquote having a personality pattern disturbance with schizoid features features and passive aggressive tendencies um of course we can see he also had very directly aggressive tendencies which all can kind of originate from not having a very healthy method of processing his own emotions and his own disturbances. Mm. Naturally, again, from not having adult figures who are willing to help him with that. All comes back down to the guy's relationship with his mother, doesn't it? Mm, really? <laughs> Going yeah. Back to last about. <laughs> it really does. It really it all it all links back. Uh, there was also a social worker that interviewed both Lee and his mother, and the social worker describes him as rather pleasant, appealing quality, but emotionally starved, affectionless youngster who grows as one speaks to him. Mm. And I think that he also is later described as having had no one in his life who's ever met his needs of love. So what we're quite seeing develop already as a teenager is that he has quite an attention-seeking personality forming, where he is so kind of insecure in himself, through naturally, to be honest, no fault of his own, mm. and he is lashing out in already quite violent, aggressive, and inexplicable ways, just complete, like, unmotivated violence. So mm. after attending 12 schools in his youth, I'm sure that didn't help, he finally, when he was 17, joined the Marines after not finding much success in academia. Um, however, his career in the Marines was equally inexplicably violent. He was court-martialed twice, um, and jailed at some point. So one time he was court-martialed after he accidentally shot himself in the elbow. And he was court-martialed a second time for fighting with a sergeant. Um, he was the one that originally punished him for the shooting. He was then um, jailed because he, at some point when he was on duty in the Philippines, inexplicably fired his rifle into the jungle. Another thing to link that I just missed, naturally because he was in the Marines, he was very well trained in shooting accuracy. So another bit from this thing, we can see that he has this tendency for, for no real uh, motivational purpose to have violence. Um, mm. You know, the randomly shooting a rifle into the jungle, maybe it's a result of an intrusive thought, again, linking back to his sort of schizoid personality. And then furthermore, you know, with the shooting of JFK, a lot of people say, you know, it was unrealistic. He was just, you know, an everyman. How could he pull us off? We do forget he was in the Marines. He was, you know, trained in point blank range and in assassination to a degree anyway. Mm -hmm. um, 
So if it was, that's what kind of draws me to the conclusion that it's actually very possible that he would have been able to accurately kill JFK. Um, However, despite kind of his controversial degree, um, degree, career in the Marines, he was ended up being honorably released um, and immediately flew to Europe and defected to the Soviet Union. Um, As I mentioned before, in his youth, he was a very avid reader of communist literature. He was identifying as a Marxist from a very young age. He had a very big resentment towards the American capitalist system. And that all resulted in, after immediately arriving, having a complete desire, uh, an overwhelming desire to become a Soviet citizen. So he was there for about a week. He applied for his visa. Um, He applied for a citizenship because his visa was about to expire. And it came back to him that his application for citizenship had been rejected. And that night, he, um, before he had like a tourist guide, he was sort of escorting him around the country and looking after him arrive. He attempted to kill himself. Or that's what he said. He had a a minor but bloody self-inflicted injury in which he wrote in his diary that he wanted to die in such a way to shock her, her referring to the tourist guide he was taking around. Again, arguably showing this this personality that that wants to shock people, that wants to scare people. However, the injury was in no way severe enough and he was completely fine. He was kept in a psychiatric centre for about a week. And then after more negotiation with the uh, embassy involving him surrendering you to a citizenship, he was able to gain citizenship and stay there where he worked in a factory, dated a few women, was able to kind of set up a life. But in around 1961, he, again, from his diary, revealed that he had absolutely no desire staying. He sort of ended up missing the capitalist aspects of society that he thought before resented. Uh, resented. He missed the nightclubs and the bowling alleys and the recreation. And he said, the only thing we have here for leisure is trade union dances. You know, I've had enough. It's drab. The work is drab. The people's drab. The, the weather's drab. Um, take me back to sunny California or wherever you end up. Well, actually, no, Texas, isn't it? Um, and somehow through, I guess, because, of course, he had a history in the Marines, etc., and he had, was a very contributing member of American society, he is allowed to reclaim back his American citizenship and fly back to the United States with his wife and his kid, and they end up settling in Dallas, Texas, where their second kid was born. And it's very interesting, actually, because, as of course, he was 24 when he did this and died just, what, hours, days later. Um, what a dense life already packed into someone only a couple years older than ourselves, and yeah. a career in the army, um, a, a political fascination with communism, defecting to the a Soviet Union, coming back, getting married, having two children. I mean, I wasn't able actually to find a lot of information on their children, but, you know, imagine being the the kids of this guy. Um, It must be a very, very interesting upbringing for them as well, having travelled around so much. Um, But what I kind of gathered from this deep dive into his biography is that he does have this seemingly very impulsive personality. Um, he does things kind of, it seems, on a whim. He went to the Soviet Union with, to be fair, that he was interested in communism, but came back almost not not long afterwards. He's like, okay, I'm bored of this now. He he randomly had spurts of violence in his career. He randomly had spurts of violence as a child. You know, could he just randomly have had this sudden desire 
to do what you know arguably is one of the most famous crimes in our history and assassinate JFK um and I, I guess you could like argue a motivation and this is what a few historians have argued was that he'd through his childhood and early life developed such a level of a uh uh, insecure and detached with reality personality that he wanted to place himself in the historical narrative. He wants to be one of those people that is never forgotten. And we see that a lot with like very famous criminals, like, you know, not associated necessarily with Dharma, but people like Dharma. And they say in their kind of interviews that they just want to be remembered. They want their name to be the title of movies and books. And of course, there's been so many books written on Oswald. And, mm. you know, was he one of those people that just wanted to be remembered? as he'd like, forgotten so much as a child. But yeah, what, what's your opinion on that? So, wow, thank you for that. Um, a lot of stuff in there that I didn't know about um, Oswald. Um, you know, I knew about his disturbed mental health and his erratic behaviour. I know clue how erratic. Mm. Um, so when he... What really strikes me about that story, though, is um, how easily, apparently easily, he was allowed back into the US after... Mm defecting to the Soviet Union, marrying a Russian woman, having a child with her, you know, publicly announcing his Marxist-Leninist beliefs. And it looks like he was just let back in the country with very little. Did you find um, in your research any evidence that he faced difficulty in getting back in the country or any investigation of any kind? Uh, so not so far as that. Um, I'm sure there must have been because... I mean, I was surprised in the first place that he was allowed back. It could have been that he potentially wasn't there for relatively very long. As I mentioned before, it could have been because he was uh, serving as a Marine, which, of course, they're, like they're very like, kind of respected career. Mm. Um, it could have partially been because he was just so young. But mm. I'm not I'm not 100% really sure. I mean, this is what adds to the suspicion, which then, you know, later is, you know, as you know, this conspiracy is he has this kind of, vague seemingly on a whim period in Russia comes back and not shortly afterwards kills the president you know did something happen there you know the, the, the conspiracy that maybe you know Russia was involved in the assassination could Russia have aided his journey back to the US and potentially have had something involved in his later crime who really knows because that is that is objectively a bit suspicious isn't it yeah that's <clears throat> Excuse me, that's possibly, I think that's one of the biggest conspiracy theories because um, Oswald was such an open communist that Russia um, had something to do with JFK's assassination. Personally, I don't find that as convincing. I don't know about you just because um, I think Russia would stand to lose a lot more than gain if America had found out that Russia was definitely behind the assassination mm -hmm. of their president. I mean, that would be just total nuclear war on the spot, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. Could it have been some kind of like, group in Russia but not the government necessarily that could have radicalized him further into doing this I mean yeah but mm. you, you have a really good point there that a lot of these conspiracies you know they, they seem on like surface level very gripping like mm. you know we have this kind of gap in the evidence of like how how on earth was the US letting him back in was there Russian government involvement but then why would the Russian government have any interest in doing that if it would have such terrible terrible consequences for them I mean, especially if you really contextualise why the Russians were not um, want to kill JFK. Um, so only the year before JFK's assassination was the Cuban Missile Crisis, which everyone who's not even a history student must know about that. The closest the world has ever come to nuclear destruction. 
And JFK was the one who acknowledged MAD. MAD standing for mutually assured destruction. The idea that a nuclear war would, there would be no winners in a nuclear war, basically. Everyone would be destroyed. Everyone and everything. Which you got Russia to agree with. JFK um, in American war policy, in 20th century American war policy, was what was known as a dove. There were doves and there were hawks. The hawks obviously were the aggressors and the doves were those who wanted to make peace. JFK was very famously a dove. And he got along surprisingly well with Khrushchev mm. in, um, in their negotiations about satellite and territory following the Cuban Missile Crisis. Whereas LBJ, um, his vice president who succeeded him after his death, was nowhere near as sympathetic. So that contextualising with that, it just on the surface, seems very unlikely that out of all of the American presidents in the Cold War, JFK was the one that Russia would want to directly assassinate. Mm. So what do you have on, um, before we go on to um, the, I read a bit of the Warren Report and also some of the background, but this is more after JFK's death. So what do you, do you have anything on Oswald's last hours or what happened when he was apprehended? Um, so on his last hours, less so, I mean, we were discussing this a little bit earlier, there was a very, very um, shady interrogation taking place where several of his kind of basic American rights were completely violated. And shortly afterwards, he was assassinated by a local nightclub owner, Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby, yes, which was on national television. I remember reading that it was, you know, quite... You know, I'm, of course, a lot of people got all, all eyes on Oswald. He's now probably the most famous person in the world at that point. Um, and then, you know, this assassination takes place and he doesn't necessarily get to enjoy that fame for particularly long. Um, but it is a very interesting, again, gap where a lot of conspiracies grow about what actually happened in between the shooting and the death of Oswald specifically. I'm aware he initially ran away, killed someone else, hid in a cinema and was arrested there. He killed a policeman. Yeah, policeman. Mm. And the first thing he said when he was arrested, that he was just a quote-unquote patsy, i.e., you know, someone acting on another person's behalf. But I don't know. I'm aware you have a bit more information on that. That might be interesting Mm. to hear about. So um, thank you for all of that on Oswald. So I'm just going to start off with... um, so you're kind of on the side of, um, you're taking the evidence on the side of the debate that it was a one-man job and Oswald is our guy. Mm. I'm going to start off, before I go into the other suspects, On I'm going to start with, I read a little bit of the Warren report. So the Warren Commission was set up by um, President Johnson to investigate the JFK assassination. They came out with the Warren report, which concluded that Oswald definitely acted alone and there is absolutely no reason to suggest that there was any other conspiracy to murder the president. Um, so, um, I took, obviously I didn't read the whole thing. It's several hundred pages long. Um, but while I drew several, when I was analyzing that, what stood out to me so much was just how dead set the people on the Warren Commission were. And these included Supreme Court judges, senators, um, the highest investigators in the FBI and the CIA, how dead set they were that Oswald was 100% their guy. There, there is one chapter on in the Warren Report about other conspiracies. That one chapter is about 60 pages long mm-hmm. compared to the 200 pages they have in total about reasons why Lee Harvey Oswald killed the president. And um, I suppose when it first came out, 
it must have seemed credible. Um, but as Lulu said, the percentage of people who do not believe that Lee Harvey Oswald acts alone has risen so sharply in only the past half a century or so that it may it warranted another look for me at the Warren report to see um, what holes in the investigation took place. And there are a lot. <laughs> like this, um, reading it with sort of this um, context in mind, there is, um, uh, especially their investigation of Oswald as a person compared to your background analysis of him. So um, Oswald and what the Warren Commission said, um, what I didn't know was that when him and his wife were traveling back from Russia, they were not only allowed back in, they were given a loan by the US Department of State for their travel expenses, am um, amounting to up to about $437. Jesus. Um, to get back into the US. Was there any follow-up? Not as detailed by the Warren Commission. The Warren Commission said that he was thoroughly investigated afterwards. Do you know what they meant by thoroughly investigated? What? Two interviews. Wow. By the FBI, in which they actually said that they viewed Oswald as um, unpredictable. But they just, apparently they just decided to leave him at that. Yeah. Um, Odd. Didn't view him as very threatening, apart from that. Um, and even in his private... So when Jack Ruby was arrested after, mm. he, um, killed, after he killed Oswald, even Ruby very famously said in his police interview that it was, quote... Hard to realise that a complete nothing, a zero like that, could kill a man like President Kennedy. Unquote. Mm. Um, there was, um, for a start, quite a lot of issues with the actual setup of JFK's route in Dallas, his tour in Dallas, um, that motorcade route in particular. So the motorcade route, as in this is in the Warren Court, was not decided by the security services. It was decided by Governor Connolly and one of the president's personal assistants, Kenneth O'Donnell. And so it was not chosen because it was the most secure, but because it gave, quote, the greatest number of people an opportunity to see the president, end quote. Um, and what was so, another um, fact of that that was so interesting, um, only eight Secret Service agents or security were present in the actual parade. Wow. Um, yeah. And they were in all packed in one car, behind JFK. That's not very effective. And the rest of the parade was Lyndon B. Johnson, his wife, journalists, and the Texan senator. You know what's quite interesting, just leading on from that? Yeah. Um, just a personal anecdote here. I remember when I was at the Queen's Jubilee, mm. and all in London, all of the rooftops were full of snipers and armed police. Because yeah. you don't have a massive parade with really relevant people and not have rooftop security. And that obviously would have been the case then. The, the, the fact that you have all of your security in one car behind is pretty useless. Um, and it's quite an interesting kind of observation there, actually. Because you, you would never really see that in modern times, that lack of security at all. And to, ru and to not run the route by security before you pick it. No. Um, there's also, coming back to um, another part of conspiracies about JFK... Um, everyone, I'm sure, who knows about JFK has heard of the term magic bullet theory. Mm. Um, so I think um, a few people would have heard of this term. Not many people will know what it actually means. So I'm going to explain. Lee Harvey Oswald, of course, whole conspiracy about how he did or did not murder the president 
He did fire three shots from the window. We know that. From the Texan School Depository Book Building. We know that. Um, he fired three shots. Um, and the path of the shots, as described by the Warren Commission, so the first shot supposedly missed. The third shot was the fatal headshot that killed the president, supposedly. Mm-hmm. The second bullet, the second shot is the magic bullet. And the reason it's called the magic bullet is because it took a very unusual path for the one bullet. Um, the Warren Commission lists its path just completely seriously, with no doubt as to this. Apparently, this one bullet, quote, the governor, so Connolly, had been hit by a bullet which entered at the extreme right side of his back at a point below his right armpit. The bullet travelled through his shoulder, exited through his right nipple, and up past his ribs. So this bullet did a proper zigzag all the way through. So one bullet just went up and down, up and down. Um, And, I mean, that's why it's called the magic bullet theory, because I doubt even one bullet has enough force to just go, um, and also go through the president as well. Yeah. That it's, really doesn't quite make any sense. No, it, it makes it makes very little sense. And there's it no makes, further investigation into how that is likely even possible. No. It literally that is one sentence in the Warren Report. Mm. It's not um it's not investigated any further. Um so there are already plenty of holes in the actual not just the evidence, but the actual investigation into did Oswald kill JFK or not. Um there's also this kind of um, the question, what's there, was Lee Harvey Oswald the only shooter? Because quite a few people on the grassy knoll watching the motorcade route, behind them, they claim they heard shots. Mm-hmm. And these are so quickly dismissed by the Warren Commission. They just say, oh, numerous um, voices as to where the shots came from. Um, but then they just go on to Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. They don't even investigate this at all. Mm. Um, and this is the president's assassination we're talking about here. This, yeah. You would think that more um, precedents would go into this, but no. Um, as for I the... Have, I, sorry, just yeah. point on that, which is interesting. And that's definitely very interesting how they quickly dismiss that. However, um, and I'll try and get the name for it up in a second, there is such a phenomenon when there is like mass panic or something very traumatic where people can kind of collectively imagine something like the sound of a gunshot um, to try yeah. and explain what they're seeing. Because um, there was a good example, this was a few years ago, do you remember the Oxford Street Panic? Yeah. Yes, where a lot of people involved in the Oxford Street Panic thought they had heard the sound of gunshots or explosions, when actually that was just a collective paranoia at the time about um, terrorism and people making kind of, like had this kind of, uh, what you call it, like mass uh, hallucination almost, of that to explain this massive rush of people suddenly running through the streets of Oxford Circus on mm. wherever it was, Good Friday. Um, so it's quite it's quite interesting how that that potentially could have been a psychological phenomenon there. However, it's true to say it should have been more thoroughly investigated, but it wasn't. Um, one of the reasons that is a very good point. One of the reasons I'm bringing um, this point about bullets up is because there was actually I saw a biochemical article mm-hmm. published in 2007 about the analysis of the bullet fragments found in JFK's body in his autopsy. So there were um, the article draws on the analysis of five bullet fragments. And what it found was that the bullets were drawn to the conclusion to be Winchester Cartridge Company, Man, Litcher, Carcano bullets. But what was so interesting was that there were um, 
very similar levels of silver and arsenic in these bullets. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why that's so significant is because for this type of bullet, they're only to have levels that their chemical composition tends to differ more than that. So to have um, more, so to have um, in one cartridge box, um, Manlika Karkano bullets that have almost the exact same composition is extremely rare, almost yeah. never happens. Um, so it's almost impossible to have two of these bullets um, only to, because remember the first one missed, Right, yeah. To have two of these bullets um, as the source of all five of these autopsy fragments. Because remember, yeah. they hit, there would have been other fragments because the governor was hit as well. Mm -hmm. um, so chemically, that's almost impossible. But again, this article didn't come out until 2007. Mm -hmm. um, now, on to, so we've already gone into kind of a little bit of why it's, you know, reasonable to doubt the evidence that it was one man. Now into who, if it wasn't a one-man job, who would have helped Oswald kill JFK or who yeah. would have wanted him dead if not a madman who was disillusioned with his country? Yeah. Um, and I can't really, we can't really go into um, all of the conspiracies of who could have killed JFK. We'd be here forever. We'd be here yeah. for days. There are, there are many. And some I think are kind of worth uh, not including. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it really does capture the public imagination, doesn't it? Um, I think possibly the most one of the most endorsed and one of the most popular theories is that the mob was behind it. The mafia um, was behind his assassination. Um, and, you know, it's not, um, from what I've seen, it's not exactly a theory worth dismissing. Um, JFK had some quite dubious connections with the mafia in his lifetime. He actually shared a mistress with mob boss Sam Giancana. Mm. San Giancana, who, um, when the House Select Committee um, for Assassination Investigation was opened in 1976 to reinvestigate um, cases such as JFK, this is the same Giancana who was murdered five days before his testimony into wow. the JFK case in 1976. Um, so, yeah, they shared a mistress, Bobby Kennedy, um, JFK's brother, um, who was also assassinated five years mm. later. Um, had also introduced some very hard policies against the mafia in his time as attorney general when his brother was president. Yeah. So there is credible cause to believe that um, the mafia seriously disliked JFK yeah. more than other presidents. Um, what really drew me to the mafia theory, though, was um, Oswald's killer, Jack Ruby, who um, Nicholson Baker, in his article, Dallas Killers Club, How JFK Got Shot, um, illustrated that um, that um, Jack Ruby, as a Dallas strip club owner, had, um, in fact, maybe quite some strong connections with the mobster Carlos Marcelo. Um, and he had been hired by Marcelo in the past. Mm. Um, also, when Robert Kennedy was killed, Robert Kennedy was um, killed by an anti-Zionist, so an anti-Semitic white supremacist assassin, um, and it was discovered the man who killed Robert um, also used to work on a racetrack run by Marcelo's associate, Mickey Cohen. Wow. Um, and, you know, what you called, um, what Lee Harvey Oswald called himself, a patsy, yeah. before he was killed. That um, is, in the journalist Serge Broussard's word, a journalist who um, was 
an expert in mob behavior and analyzing mob behavior. Um, he called Oswald an executioner doomed to be, in turn, the victim. Um, in 1961, Bobby Kennedy had also ordered Marcello's removal from the States. Um, it was um, Patsy, what um, Oswald called himself, actually comes from the Italian term Pazzo, meaning crazy person. Interesting. Used quite a lot in Mafia. So there's um, a lot of links, like, all kind of interconnecting between all yes. these deaths. Ruby himself is quite an interesting character. I mean, Oswald's investigation was incredibly... Um, strange but um jack ruby that was no clearer um in his um polygraph test during the war investigation ruby confirmed that he was not in the parade but actually um in the department of the dallas morning news to negotiate the advertising for his burlesque club um and the secretary who was seated at reception reported that ruby was seated directly in front of the window facing that motorcade route And then half an hour later, he was sitting into another chair and just staring into space. Um, and Ruby, apparently, during his um, inv- during his interview, became rambling, much like Oswald was. Um, you know, his speech became more and more inconsistent, um, saying phrases like, if I was in a conspiracy, wouldn't it start off with that point? Yeah. Um, and Jack Ruby was eventually um, in prison for murder. He was actually killed in prison. Oh, really? Um, How many even, years later? Um, not long after. Yeah. Um, only, if, you know, years later, but still not long after the, the death of the president um, and the death of Oswald. Did you find, like, why? Or was it just kind of... The, Jack Ruby gave the um, excuse that he um, was deeply saddened by the death of president they have been a crime against the country as an act of passion oh, uh, basically oh yeah i mean why he was murdered himself. oh why he was murdered um again not very clear again very strong connections to the mafia but um what i mean i suppose the main problem i have with the mafia theory is a lot of the evidence is very circumstantial right yeah. there are not many you know do you know what i mean not many concrete links to yeah. jack ruby and the president in particular or to jack ruby and to oswald to concretely say that um i'm not saying they weren't involved but yeah. off the evidence you can't really build an ex- extremely strong case out of it and to, to be fair with that as well like what we know about the mafia is very much the tip of the iceberg it is especially in that time in america absolutely massive and expansive so it is possible that a lot of of these major crimes there will somehow be a link to the mafia even though the mafia isn't the cause mm. however i do find that it's it's very awfully coincidental definitely it is coincidental and and it is is notorious that the mafia do get very much get involved in the justice system Mm -hmm. and in investigations and in kind of very corrupt interrogations so if it was at some maybe if they were involved with influencing the report that isn't such a far stretch of the imagination no there's also of course the idea that um publicized by um oliver stone's very sensationalized film jfk in 1991, that um, Kennedy was killed by the Hawks, the United States government, basically, due to his um, more pacifist policies, which they felt would harm the American war industry, which was not giving America about $80 billion every year. Um, and it is true that JFK didn't exactly try to um, befriend um, the United States Secret Service. Um, of course, the best example being the Bay of Pigs, 
of the Cuban invasion, how he refused to support the CIA agents who failed in their mission to assassinate Castro, how he refused to send them extra help, yeah. internationally humiliating the CIA. There were also um, there was also the leak of um, the potential of the US's new satellite program when a journalist, Baldwin, um, revealed how it was taking numerous photos of land-based Soviet missiles, mm. um, which JFK felt was a great threat to American security, and how both the FBI and CIA were the CIA especially were thoroughly rattled that JFK wanted so much investigation into the Pentagon. Yes. And it is, and I feel like we should actually even do a podcast at some point, the sort of very, very shady behaviour of the CIA. I feel like one of the most famous conspiracies around JFK is CIA involvement. Um, yeah. And I was, I was, I got this from um, University of Virginia that in December 2022, the National Archives released 13,173 documents containing details of the shooting of, jo- of JFK under the Records Collection Act of 1992. And there was this American historian, Steve Gillen, who had, um, like reviewed a lot of these and kind of gave an interview. And one of his kind of conclusions from it, it's a bit different. It's not so much that the CIA are responsible for what happened or had any kind of um, greater plot. But the reason why the CIA um, have been so long in releasing these documents and have been so evasive regarding this is because they just massively dropped the ball on JFK security, intentionally or unintentionally, as we mentioned before, with the with the route there, with the with the lack of kind of eyes on him or eyes on the crowd. Mm. There is so much evidence just pertaining massive CIA incompetence, more than anything else, which is also massively embarrassing. For them, as an intelligence organization, incompetence or conspiracy. I mean, there's also I'm. It's not just his anger of the CIA. There's also been some very um, suspicious, suspicious statements made by CIA agents and their supporters. Baldwin, the journalist who released that story, um, so um, he he was frequently in contact with the CIA. Um, in terms of journalist leaks, and he complained of JFK, JFK's mistreatment of his secret services. Um, Baldwin said that, quote, he doesn't like criticism, referring to JFK. He goes off half-cocked. He uses the FBI and police power much too freely. It can be a dangerous thing. Mm. Um, and then after um, JFK's assassination, William King Harvey, an actual CIA agent, um, actually said that this was bound to happen and it's probably good that it did referring to jfk's assassination um so i mean the at the end of the day um there are also so many things wrong with um the actual you know not just the motorcade route not being run by security there's also um a very sharp bend in that road that would have forced the car to slow down Mm -hmm. to maybe about 10 miles an hour Um, so in short um, when looking at the evidence behind whether JFK was the work of one man or the work of a conspiracy again as I mentioned earlier um, there's just it's kind of like blaming a shadow figure yeah Um, there's no one specific person I suppose why Oswald was such a um, I suppose why Oswald was so focused on it's quite easy just to point the finger on just a one person, especially one person who has serious mental health issues and is allied to communism. As I said, that Warren report was so dead set on Oswald being their guy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's almost too convenient. I can mm. get what you mean because, like, when when I was looking at Oswald, I was convinced by his biography that he was a man capable of that, and no doubt maybe he was. But you know, again, the, the motivation is vague. I mean, he never even made it to give a formal testimony um, to explain why and and why is something that so many people have looked for. There's been no kind of solid conclusion, and I, I agree, it's almost too convenient. You know, you have this guy, he grows up in the, the sector of America that's kind of forgotten by their capitalist nature. Mm. He grows to really resent the state. He has his career in the army. It doesn't go very well. Um, there's also another thing to mention I forgot. He had an honourable discharge, but when he defected the Soviet Union, his discharge was, was changed to undesirable, which mm. when you have an undesirable discharge from an army or a dishonourable discharge, mm. which is just slightly worse, it is very hard to get a job after that. It's very hard to rebuild yourself. Mm. Um, he has this experience in the Soviet Union, uh, suddenly, very conveniently, comes back to the States. You know, it's, it's so easy to just pin it on him. Mm. And I, but realistically, you know, there's this big thing that they weren't able to forge, which is motive. And I guess. I think that's the thing, because, you know, just to finish up, um, JFK is not the only president who's been assassinated. Mm. He is one of four. Yeah. Um, I suppose the most famous other one being Lincoln. But out of the three other presidents, there has been nowhere near the coverage or the conspiracies or the detail or the debate that has covered JFK's. And as you said, I think the key word is motive. Mm. Each of the assassins of each three of those presidents um, were very clearly, whether they were ex-Confederates or deranged stalkers, um, it was very clear, clear as day, you know, that these people were capable and wanted to assassinate a president. Um, but as for Lee Harvey, Lee, as for Lee Harvey Oswald, we don't know. We just don't know. So, is there a conspiracy? Is there, I think, I think you have convinced me, Kasha. That is very likely to be a conspiracy. I think I still kind of wouldn't be surprised if uh, Lee had involvement. Mm. Um, but is it was there? Is there definitely more questions to ask him? And I think I can't find the exact number, but there are still thousands of documents waiting to be released that will be released at some point regarding the investigation which potentially you know in a few years time can shed more light on it well when that happens we'll have to do another podcast we should JFK part two <laughs> exactly all right so we have reached the end of our time here thank um, you so much for listening this has been a really interesting discussion yeah all right we'll see you next week see you next week